All right, Chris. No music, no intro. Just a um, cold start. I want to start. I want to start out. Well, well, at least let's get your face on there with me. Hey, <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to start out by sharing with a few of the folks who picked up the uh, the email or picked up the um, the the uh, quick uh, piece right on YouTube. They're, they're, some of them are on here. Like Tom lost a million dollars. I got to go find out what he did. <laughs> I wrote down Tom on the the legal pad here. Tom oh, lost a million dollars. Yeah. You know, I don't so. know. I don't know what to do. I mean, let's, you know, I should get Sarah McLaughlin to write a song about it. You know, I will remember about my money. Uh, oh <laughs> you know? my gosh. But I mean, you know, should we look at should Tom, you know what? <laughs> it's a little heavy handed. It's just money. <laughs> that is. Yeah. 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 So. You might get some donations. Doesn't she do that? Yeah. And, and the sweat yeah. you see, if you see me beating up a little bit, it's not because of the money I, I want to so check this out. So, you see it? You see that? Ooh. Yeah, I had to go to um man, it looks a lot worse on camera. Yeah, that um, looked bad. So yeah, no, no, it's good, man. I actually had to go get an MRI done earlier today. Um, so uh everything's good. You know, they're just checking to make sure that the back and the that, you know, that lower back portion's good, but they decided to to um inject me with gadolinidine. Of course, my wife was all nervous. What? They're gonna do what to you? You know, got to put the metal stuff too because they're trying to find you know soft tissue and right. and uh, discs and stuff like that. And anyway, so uh, I said it's fine. You know, I'm a mutt. <laughs> I'm I'm not a purebred. <laughs> so um, stuff like that doesn't usually get to me like it does. Uh, you know, with um, with the purebreds out there. So anyway, long story short, I'm you know I'm I'm doing the most embarrassing part of this, which is getting into a hospital gown. You know, because you know how how much I think that the test, you know, they say, uh, have you fallen down in the last three months? Have you um, uh, have you uh, uh, seen had any dizziness occur? Let me tell you what, you know, the test that they should have just be able to put that gown on by yourself without falling over. Because, you know, you got to first of all, you got to figure out how to tie bow tie behind you. Then you got to do the other one behind the back. If true you story. can do that, you don't need to answer those questions. No, true story. So, luckily, I can still do that. You know what? Or you just uh, forget it. I'm not going to go there. We could have. I was going to say you just let it hang out, Tom. You just forget about tying it up. Just, that's right. I'm a mutt. Just air out. Care. That's right. <laughs> I don't right, care. Let's, not get, let's not get R-rated on this, Chris, or YouTube's no, not going to no, allow no. this to uh, to post. Anyway, glad to have everybody here for our Thursday podcast live cast. Uh, you know what we do here? We talk about spotting opportunities, creating alternative trades planning, exiting, and managing those trades. However, you might be looking at all three of those on the board next to me and saying, Tom, you didn't do any of that if you lost a million dollars. Well, I, you know what? Let's go ahead and cut right to the chase. I want to talk about that real quick. And then let's talk about the markets a little bit, and then let's come back to that and explain why I'm still in this, all right? Why I'm still in this trade, because it's not a trade, it's an investment. Yeah, I did drop a mill. I dropped the mill in one of my accounts, probably dropped a lot more in uh, the, the, the private accounts I'm holding. I'm referring to cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, um, uh, Ethereum, and a bunch of other little coins, too. So, you know what? Let's, let me just stick it up on the screen here. Let's just get the cat out of the bag, Chris. So there's Coinbase. All right, look over here. Now, I mean, this was a lot less, you know, and it ran up. Mm. You can see that high that happened, and this is this is one of the accounts I have. 
was, uh, I mean, everything was in the two threes. And then all of a sudden, ba-boom, one mm -hmm. three. And all of a sudden, ba-boom. This was just yesterday, 11.29. So, I mean, more than a million dollars was getting sucked out of this in the form of pullbacks. Um, I'll get, get to the right to the point. All right, I have trading accounts and I have long-term buy and hold investing accounts. Um, and before I got here in this account, I was down here and even lower. In fact, this thing was even lower back here. This is August 2020, you see. I mean, go back to May of 2020. Go back to March 2020 when Bitcoin was trading in the high threes. You know, but then this thing rattled along here, did really well. And of course, May 12th was synonymous with the highs in Bitcoin. And, and then Ethereum came pretty much right after that. But ever right. since the Saturday Night Live uh, hosting by Elon Musk, mm. everything's kind of gone down. Well, we did see a big push yesterday as we had the, um, what was it? The B word, I think it was called. Did you hear about this, Chris? The B word? No, no. Tell me about the B that. B word, the B word stands for Bitcoin. And uh, that was, um, who was on that? Uh, Elon Musk was on Elon that. Elon Musk. Okay, I did. Um, also, there was uh, Jack Dorsey, Kathy Woods, and they were all having a little powwow discussing what was going on with uh, with Bitcoin and with cryptocurrency as a whole and where they see it going. And, you know, I saw this happening in 2014. We had that high and then we popped back and I saw it happen again in 2017 with the high. We pulled back 80, 80 something percent. It was better than 80 percent off those highs. And now we've jumped to, what, 63,000. We've gotten a, uh, a pullback, a, a healthy one, better than 50%. Now, it's interesting because there was a lot of buying yesterday off the news, the, uh, the, the B word conference, but we're getting continued buying into today. So, you know, the big question everybody's asking me is, has the bottom been hit on uh, crypto? And it certainly, you know what? Based on what we saw happening here in June and again in July, there's a good chance that we could have bottomed, but I really felt like Bitcoin was going to go back into the low 20s, that we really were going to turn people around and shake them by their ankles to get those digital coins out of their pockets. In that, the was a phrase, that was a phrase you used last week, Tom. I mean, it was a memorable moment for me when you said 20s. And you use that term. We're going to shake. Everybody's going to get shaken out yeah. of this trade. And that's when it's going to turn around. So I, I want to let people know, you know, I'm not just sitting here on the sidelines of any of this. I'm, I'm knee deep in it uh, and knee deep into, into a lot of smaller altcoins as well. Um, but I believe in this as an investment. As an investment, this is one of those put it away. Now, I look at it because I'm also, you know, uh, I'm here as an authoritative figure, uh, you know, somebody who I like to think I know a little bit about uh, what I'm doing in Bitcoin and what I'm doing in cryptocurrency. All right. And so I do look at this from time to time, but, you know, more on analysis. But as an investor, to me, I'm just I'm putting this away. I haven't sold any Bitcoin. I haven't sold any Ethereum. I've been buying, actually. I've been buying more. And um, uh, my latest purchase on Ethereum was around 2000. I was looking forward to go to fifteen hundred. I've got buy. A, I've got uh, limits in place at fifteen hundred if it can dro drops down. I've got limits in place with uh, Bitcoin if it drops down into the low twenties. Um, but then that's it. That's where that's where I'm. I don't have anything below that. That's where I would go in. So anyway, I want to welcome all of you guys that are hanging out with us on this live podcast. So yeah, we're gonna get back to this million dollar plus loss. 
And then I want to talk about losses in general. Um, I took a couple of them this week in the market, but uh, but these are this is my trading account. My trading account. So I had a couple winners, had a couple losers, but net net, I'm higher now than I was at the beginning of the week. Right? That's because my winners outperform my losses, and you got to think of the fact that this is you know this is part of trading is that you know if Chris, if you and I took one trade a week each, and that was it, and forget about the patterns, forget about the statistical probability, forget about what it is you're doing based on why you think it's going to go up, you really have a 50-50% chance, a 50-50 chance it's going to be a winner or a loser come yep. the end of the week, the end of the month, whatever. So if you are trading more than one trade every week, you're diversifying your win-loss approach. And you more than likely, if you follow your rules and, you know, again, the past doesn't tell us where the future is going to go. But if you're following your rules, you are diversifying the chances of loss after loss after loss. And, and that's something that, you know, I wanted to uh, share with everyone uh, a little bit later down the podcast as well. But you know what, Chris, let me turn it over to you. Let's talk a little bit about the markets in general. Let's get out of my losses. We'll get back to those for sure. But I mean, you know, if we were to take a look, this is a 40 day chart. I'm going to bring a 20 day chart up. That's 20 trading days. That is uh, roughly a month. All right. Yep. So 20 trading days, 21. Here's what I see. And then I want your comments. It took 15 days to go from 425 up to 437. It only took four days to go back down to 425 and below. And yet in the, for, in the last three days, we've seen a huge rise in the markets. Your thoughts, boy. You, 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 my thoughts are are all over the place. First of all, let me break it down by the moves here. When you talk about the thirteen days that it took us to get up to those highs, you notice that we were kind of edging higher, and then there was a last big push. When I look at my bars here, you had a last huge push in the last three or four days of trading, where we just we had that little chicane or that little shimmy where we moved down a little bit, eh, to a little bit to the left. There we go. And then all of a sudden, bam, it popped up. That tells me when I also look at your three last bars that we've seen here, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that this is a market that where everybody has been looking to buy a pullback. We ground higher on the S&P, on the NASDAQ 100, on a couple of indices. The only one that wasn't grinding higher was the IWM. But when you saw that little first little dip, and then all of a sudden, three days, and it took us to the highs. And then we got those three days of pullbacks that culminated in that big selling on Monday. All of a sudden, you got three bars to the upside again. Yeah. Tom, I think there's there's two things. First of all, it tells you there's a lot of money that's pent up on the side and waiting to get in. And we know that a lot of the younger investors are taking every opportunity to buy the dips. The second thing is that it tells me that everybody's a little too bullish about this market. Whenever I see these type of dances at the top, especially during earnings season, people are trying to squeeze in the theater before those reports come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It casts, I cast a suspicious eye and you know what? My eye right now, not to bring it down to individual stock level is Apple. I mean, I think it is hilarious that you can use a Newton reference and say gravity has to come into play on Apple. You know, Apple falling on the head um, right. has to come into play. Same thing with the market. I think we're just, everybody's really excited about getting in on a two or 3% pullback. What happens when the 10% or 15? I mean, we're going to recover. 
which is the yeah, good yeah, yeah. news. That's the great news. We're going to recover because everybody's going to be throwing money out there as quick as they can. But I think we're setting ourselves up here for a little bit of a trip is what that chart says to me. Well, yeah. And you know what? You mentioned earnings. So mm -hmm. I don't think we need to go into all the other, you know, cash and uh, all that other stuff. Yeah. I do that on Mondays. Let's get straight into some stocks. So you mentioned Apple. So let's bring Apple up real quick. And Apple hey, has had a, hey, Tom. A, yeah, let me bring it the screen up too. No, can you say something in your, can you say it in your Italian mother-in-law's voice? Let's bring Apple up. Oh, oh boy. That's what she says when she's, you know. When, oh, when, oh when, no. Oh no. That's when it goes down. Oh no. No. Uh, <laughs> so you got Apple there. I just had to hear the voice. <laughs> I can, I can go, go, go uh, you want to talk for a while? I'll go grab her. You yeah. know, she's next door. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. No, you know what? The way that I, I said this, I think on a podcast last time, if you want to shut an Italian up, all you got to do is put them in front of a camera or uh -huh. put their hands behind her back. <laughs> <laughs> you said the hands. Yes. All right. Yes. So uh, anyway, um, so let's uh, let me bring up uh, the charts again. And here's Apple. I mean, Apple really didn't do the dance that the market did. Apple's uh -huh. low for the month was 133, high 149. It did a, a, a pullback. To right. well, let's let me just do this real quick. Let's put the Fibonacci chart up and run it again. There you go. Can you say 38% retracement and mm -hmm. then boom? So Apple has had a um uh it has the I believe the last three of the last four quarters before we ran into earnings, it ran up ahead of earnings. So this might be a really good example of one where you know you got, you know, like I, I like this, I like to reference it to the Super Bowl. Uh, or, you know, um, the NHL uh, Stanley Cup finals where, mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're watching game seven. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, we had that down here in Tampa. No, so, uh, you know, game or not game seven. You that, get was the, five. that was the game, yeah. the final game. And I like to be the guy out there scalping tickets. Hey, I got two. I got two on the blue line. And, uh, you know, everybody's running to get them and, I, and I'm getting a higher price than normal. Well, when, that, you know, how long are those tickets going to be valued at that? Well, until the puck hits the ice. And once Perfect. it does, then the value goes down. And it's very similar with earnings. You got an earnings announcement like Apple, which announces in, yep. uh, what, five days? Yep. Five days. As we get closer and closer to the announcement, more people are going to be buying calls because they think it's going to go up and more are going to be buying puts because they think it's going down. And they're going to push the prices of that time value, not the, not the real value, the time value. Once that announcement comes out, boom goes to dynamite and that time value gets sucked right out. If you really want to see an example of that, um, what I need to do is let's look at one more chart. So I'm going to bring up a seven to 30 day at the money IV chart. This is a chart that shows everyone what the options are going to look like. And now uh, I want the stock chart with the actual IV on it uh, layered on top. So that's what I want to do. So here's what we got. All right. Look at that implied volatility. Typically, and you know this, Chris, and a lot of our viewers know this too, but there's some people out there that don't. That red line doesn't usually go up when the stock goes up. It nope. usually goes down. But what's happening? Getting closer and closer to the earnings, and you've got an option volume. Options volatility was down here around 18%. Now it's at 33%. It's safe to say that options are almost worth double what they were a month ago. That's what that tells me. Now yep. I want to show everyone one more thing. Let's go back 90 days. 
It'll be a little hard to look at this chart, but I want to show it to you for a reason. Do you see what happened? This, uh, you know, as we were going into, it was about a month, we saw option volume rising. When did it drop? Right after the earnings announcement, it went from the high 30s, boom. I mean, two days, it was down into the low 20s. You do not want to be holding on the options premium after that earnings announcement because, again, look what happened. The stock popped a little, and I'm talking about it went up about two or three points, and it ended up dropping by the end of the day. So if you were holding those 134 calls, thinking it was gonna it was gonna make a big jump, by the end of the day, those 134 calls, if they were Friday options, were worthless. You know, explain something, and you just hit it. Everybody that is, the majority of the people know exactly what we're talking about. So let's say, just for argument's sake, that you want to be long Apple and you want to use an option, Tom, because you just like trading options on it. How do you get over? The earnings bump. I always call it the earnings bump because you're only paying, like you said. I mean, the analogy with the the tickets is a great, great one to use. You're only paying for the flash in the pan. You're not paying for the meat here, right? So, yeah, so how do you get over one, that as an options trader? If you're going one or two weeks out, I say avoid the pan entirely. What you do is you just simply go in. If you want to be a call buyer, you know, you look at, you go back and you look at the patterns. What has this mm -hmm. thing done the last X number of earnings, the five days before earnings, all right? Uh, and then from there, you say to yourself, all right, I'm going to buy call options, but I'm damn sure going to be out of them the day before or right before the earnings announcement. So you want, so they, they always announce after market close. You want to be out right before the market close when everybody's piling in on that last hour. You want to be out then, right? I just stepped aside today, Chris, uh, for Snap's earnings. Snap's got earnings today. Yep. I bought call options at the beginning of the week. Let's just see what they did, what they've been doing. So here's Snap right here, and I've got this on the 19th. So let me update this. Right, I think I actually ended up buying them on Tuesday, but it's okay. Let's just go see what what's going on with this one. So the 59 half calls. We're trading. Well, let's take a look at the, the, the 60s. That's what I ended up buying. And I'm just going to put one out here. And I'm just going to show everyone what that looked like on Monday. So what it looked like on Monday mm -hmm. was a $340 investment. Do you see that, Chris? Let's blow yep, it up here. I do. So that even mine and your, our old eyes can see this. Yep. And so um, you can see that that's going to cost $340 plus a small commission. And then this is what it looks like on a risk graph. This is an option risk graph. Basically, it shows that, you know, no matter how far it goes down, the most you could risk is what you put in the option. And then, of course, if it goes up, you've got unlimited profit potential until you exit or until expiration, whichever comes first. Now, what it also shows is this is the part that gets a lot of people that are new to option trading. This is today. This is tomorrow. This is a couple of days from now. This is expiration. If this thing just sits still by Friday, we're going to lose all of our money because it's an at-the-money option. Right. I want to share with you something, you know, because everyone says, oh, never buy options one week before expiration because you have all that time risk. That is true with the exception of when earnings come in, because when earnings come in, not always, but most of the time, that time value actually stays still. It might even go up a little bit because mm -hmm. it's all going to come back after that earnings announcement. So watch this. Stock is at 59.58. Let's go. Let's jump ahead a day. All right, here's Tuesday. Tuesday comes in. Wow, I'm already up 37% on the trade. See that 340? Now it's up by mm -hmm. 128 minutes. Let's take a look. Well, that's because the options are trading at 460 by 475. 
Got $128 per contract on that. Let's take a look and see what the stock did. Well, the stock went up $2.75. So the majority of that is, guess what? Price. But you didn't get hurt on the implied volatility because we still got an earnings announcement coming out. Right, right. Let's move ahead a little bit. Let's move it up another day. Right, here comes Wednesday, the 21st. All right, now it's up. It's up 43%. What did the stock do? Stock jumped another buck. Right. Now, all of a sudden, I, you know, when I go back and I look, when I look at these, I look at, well, what did it do in, you know, last earnings? What did do the earnings before? What did it do the earnings before that? And the price did go up. But you know what? An average of, I believe, around 50%. Mm -hmm. So let's see where this is going today. Because today is the day, you got, if you're still in it, you got to get out. If you follow the rules on any stock, you get out the day of earnings or the, you know, because some earnings, some companies have announced before market opens. You still got to right. be out the day before. You can't get out before market opens unless you're out the day before. That's right. So let's take a look and see what the 22nd, what today is holding for us. Hey, look, Snap came back a little bit. All right. But the trade's still up a little bit. You can see it dropped the dollar twelve. But the thing is, is I want to show everybody what's kind of going on here. What's going on here is this chart right here. So implied volatility actually dropped in ahead of earnings. This is something that we're starting to spot a little bit more here, Chris. I don't know if you know this, but I've been finding these IVs have been dropping ahead of the day before earnings. So all of a sudden now we got to scalp these tickets, you know, a day early. We got to scalp at them a day early because what I'm starting to see now is I'm starting to see these sellers come in. Was and these stay. are not sellers that are getting out of call options the day before. These are the guys that see the IV up here and they're going, I'm selling this ahead of earnings. I want right. to sell that option and I want to ride that through earnings expecting it's going to be worthless. I do a few of those too. I do sell ahead of earnings, but I'll let folks know what I do is that a lot of times, most of the time, I'm doing a credit spread. I'm doing out-of-money credit spread, maybe an out-of-money put spread if I'm bullish, maybe an out-of-money call spread if I'm bearish, maybe an iron condor if I am neutral. And so I'm looking at setting up something like that with Amazon for next week because it's just such a huge, huge stock. And so... Um, We'll look at it into that one because that's going to be next time, next week at this time. We got Amazon coming out, you know, uh, next Thursday. But this is what I'm doing anyway. Um, so to let you know, I made money on my snap because I got out of it already. But I did the same thing in Newmont Mining that I did in Snap. Um, I had a trade in Newmont Mining, same situation, but it was looking like a put strategy. So if I, if I just bring up a chart on Newmont Mining, let's take a look at NEM. Now, NEM has had characteristics of going lower into earnings. And look what it did. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, I was in. I was in. Made a little bit of money. It was really nice down here, but then it popped up and I was down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I went ahead and look what happened today. It opened up here. So I, so I said, all right. I'm losing money. I'm down a little bit on this one. So I went ahead and got out of it for a loss. Of course, after I got out, it made the big move down and it could have been a winner. But you know what? They don't always turn out that way. But my plan is that 
I have losers. And I try to make sure that I cap my losers. I let my winners ride out as far as I can. And I do that. This is just one example. One small example of what I what I do uh, when looking at these particular trading strategies. It just happens, just so happens to be earnings week. So it's earnings. You know, between earnings, it's something else. It's money counter, it's dark net, it's um uh maybe I'm looking at uh something like um puts. You know, I do a lot of out of the money put selling uh that I go out and look at farther. I have stop losses that I, I have for put selling too. So you know, that, that just brought something up interesting in my head, and I was thinking about it just a couple of minutes ago. Um, we hear, you and I, we hear a lot more about people selling puts. I mean, yeah. people have been getting out there and educating themselves and doing the right thing here. And, and we also hear about people doing cover calls. You know, if they own Snapchat, maybe they do a cover call ahead of the earnings just to kind of take a little bit of the buffer off if there is a sell-off. How much of the implied volatility, you mentioned that shift from the, the day before, Four o'clock, you could sell it to now the day before that you have to start selling it. How much is that due to, do you think, people coming into the market and just slamming the premiums because they know they can get paid selling those puts yeah. right ahead of the earnings because yeah. that's when the premiums go through the roof. That's when the implieds go through the roof. So they do. Is they this do. just the market becoming more educated and saying, hey, I want to buy Snapchat if it goes down to XYZ and bam, they go out there and sell those puts. I, I think it is. I think it is. And uh, I'm beginning to think I've got to make my shift. I'm going to do more more research on this, but I think mm -hmm. I'm going to have to make my shift a little bit earlier, get right. in earlier than a week before earnings and get out a couple of days before earnings, before the sellers all start coming in because the sellers are coming in the day before earnings now. I've never seen this before. Yeah. And so- I mean you know, all of a sudden people are, oh, well, I mean, it, it's obvious there are more option traders now than ever before. The growth's been exponential. Oh, yeah. You know, you go through these waves, you got option traders that come in, they lose all their money and they're gone forever. Then you got option traders that come in, they lose all their money, and they come back and they say, I'm going to figure this out. That was me. That was me back in, in uh, you know, 1987. Right. Oh, uh, you know, when I, when I first got dipped my, I didn't dip my toe in the market. I don't, I went ahead and, um, uh, a cannonballed into the market. <laughs> and I ended up getting cannonballed right back out. And I had to take a year off because I was out of money. But I came back, I got educated, and I dipped my toes here or there. So. Yeah. You know what this also screams? And this is just something for everybody that's watching us to remember. As you get more and more people in the options market trading, you know, the options market, as you know, Tom, is kind of that zero sum game. You know, there are winners and losers on both sides of it. Yeah. And if you have more and more people coming into the market that are going to start doing that put sell or that selling a cover call ahead of earnings, it means you as a trader that has been working with the strategy for so long have to make sure that you're educating and figure out why those changes are happening so you can adapt. If you don't, I mean, this is a little bit of Darwinism of trading. If you don't adapt, all of a sudden you're going to become, you know, left behind a little bit. So I think that's a great, I'm glad you shared that with us because I think that's one of those great ideas of, Hey, this is why you keep sharpening the knife as an options trader, especially because it is a zero sum game. I mean, there is, you're looking to take something out of somebody else's pocket in most cases. So I think that's a great, great point to kind of go off on that tangent on. Well, you know what? Uh, I think it is. And what I want to share with everybody right now is, you know, we've been talking about earnings. So let's end on earnings real quick and let's get in. Let's talk about losers. Um, but uh, and you know what? I want to take I want to take some comments that are uh, from, from these fine folks that are hanging out with us. 
you know, because I see a lot of comments coming in. And I apologize. I hadn't got to these yet, guys. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of a one. I, I get into a focus. And if I get taken off the railroad tracks, it takes a long time to get back on. So let <laughs> me just put this. I So what I put up on the screen was I went to something called earnings effects. And this mm -hmm. is actually in our software uh, at Tom's Trading Room. And I'm going to throw that uh, shameless plug up there right now. For those of you who have never tried this before, if you want a free trial, then guess what you can do? You just simply go down below the screen in the description here on the YouTube channel and just, you know, you'll get a link there for a free two-week trial. All right. Goodbye for that. All right. So um, let's get back to the, to the uh, chart. And what I have is an earnings effect chart. I'm going to blow this up so everybody can see it. Uh, did I blow it up correctly? No, I didn't. Blew up the wrong screen. Let's try it again. Over here. There we go. All right. So, Chris, you see this? I do. Now, I love I'm that I'm at the penny and weekly stock list. All right. I'm going to go through and I'm going to look at all options that are penny piled options. That means they have bids and asks inside the five cent window and mm -hmm. they all have to have weekly expirations. So that takes that thousands, that uh, 3,500, 4,000 optional stocks. And that brings that down to about 300 or so. Now, what I'm doing is I'm going to, I'm looking at, you know, the next, say, four days to 20 days uh, ahead. And I got 326 stocks. I got 262 that are satisfying our criteria right now. So, and I've got um, not only stocks in here, but I've also got, uh, for some reason, um, a couple of the other ones pop up too, because they do have earnings that, that are part of their group. But Let's take a look at what's happening here. So um, I've got, this is starts on uh, next, well, it starts on Friday, but I want to get to the 726 options, right? So these are the options that start on Monday. So we got range resources. We got American Capital, Tesla. I'm going to yellow that one in. Starbucks, I'm going to yellow that one in. Microsoft, I'm going to yellow that one in. Let's just start with those three, right? So they all have earnings coming out uh, the, uh, Monday afternoon and then Tuesday afternoon. And so if you take a look at Tesla for a moment, so what's going on with Tesla? Um, right now, it has had um, its changes as far as, far as its, um, its uh, movement, all right? What we can do is we can take a look at this. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually going to add a few more in here. Let's add in Apple. Okay, that's uh, earnings are coming out on the 27th. Isn't Amazon in here somewhere too? Should be. Where are you, Amazon? I know you're there. Oh, you know what? I, I believe they might be coming out the next day. Let's just take the ones we got. So I got four stocks here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make a stock list called my stock list with those four stocks. Now, I'm going to take those four stocks, Chris, and I'm going to run them through a little ringer right now. So let's see what who has the best price change coming up before the four, the last four, the week before their earnings. All right. So I'm going to do that. Let's run a search. I need some music. Is that like the dating game? Yeah. <laughs> we just showed our age here, didn't we? <laughs> Done. All right. Oh, you know what? Let's try that again. You won't need a long uh, one at this one because you know what I did? I just ranked everything that was in the Penny and Weekly when I wanted to rank just those four stocks. So watch this. All right, one second, two second, three second, four second. Really, it takes that long. I know there's a dun, lot of data dun, that we dun, use. Dun, 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 dun. 
Yeah, we can't use real go. music, huh? No. Well, I, I wouldn't call my singing real music for sure. Hey, you're the songbird of your generation, Chris. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know what I did? Uh, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to go find it uh, right now for everybody. So estimated days to next earnings. Let's go go out and look at that. Here we go. Um, 91 days. I want the ones that are coming out tomorrow. Okay, here we go. There's America. There's Tesla. Okay, so let's take a look at Tesla real quick. So looking at Tesla, what I see is that last quarter, the stock moved up 4% before earnings. The quarter before that, stock moved up 6% before earnings. The quarter before that, it went down 6%. And the quarter before that, that's the four quarters ago, up 8%. So three of the last four quarters, Tesla stock has risen in price. All right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's what I want to know. Okay? I can do that with the others as well. Take a look at Microsoft. One, one, two, and four. Notice the pattern. Everybody kind of dropped uh, during th three quarters ago during that time frame. That could have been a whole market drop. Right now, what else? So here's Apple. Up, up, down, and up. Yeah, that too. Okay, so we have to go back and as researchers, we got to find out what was going on three quarters ago that made Apple, Tesla, and Microsoft all drop that week before earnings. Was it just everyone was getting out of tech and getting back into the old stocks again? That could be the problem. But notice what's happening now. We're all clocking near those 52-week highs. So maybe trend helps us and historics help us. But does volatility help us? That's the thing we want to look at now. So I'm going to, rather than go through uh, listening to Chris again, uh, you know, try to mouth off some, um, nah, some uh, TV com uh, shows, let's just type in TSLA for Tesla. And this time I want to see what did Tesla's options do? So their options were a bit of a mix, okay? So if I were going to buy call options on Tesla ahead of earnings, looking at this, I'd go in the money. And I would focus more on price and less on volatility. How about Microsoft? Let's look at Microsoft and see what it did. Again, we're all pattern traders here. This right. I like. You know what this tells me, Chris? That three out of the last four quarters, Microsoft's options, their options values increased by double digits a week ahead of earnings. I like that. Okay. Uh, Apple. Let's look at, look at Apple. AAPL. Okay. And Apple was two and two. So what have we learned? That stocks don't always go up before earnings. All right. But we can find stocks that have patterns that do. And options haven't been going up before earnings of recent, too. So we got to find stocks whose options do. Microsoft hit both of those, those areas. So what's the last thing we do? Go to a stock and option table. And I'm going to run this up to today's date. And I'm going to change this to MSFT. And I just want to look and see what are next week's options trading for right now as we head into next week. Because... That's the options we want to use. And here we go. There we go. Microsoft trading around 285. Look to pay $5 for the 285 call. But we also look to see, based on history, Microsoft going higher between now and the day they announced earnings and Microsoft's option values increasing between now and a day before next week's earnings. So, um, we're talking about patterns and patterns around earnings right now because we are in earnings season. So I thought we'd share a little bit of that with you 
Chris, let's talk about losers. Oh, <laughs> before we do, I want to talk about some winners right now. Let's take a look at the comments and let's see what some of the winners out here have to say. Uh, hi, hi, Lauren. Yep, I'm with you. Yep, Snap made money. Mining, uh, new mi mining, not so much. That's exactly what I was saying there. Um, buy Apple Leaps, $160 target, king of the market. And Angelo, I can't, I can't disagree with you here because Apple did do something that the other tech stocks didn't do, and they, it took off like a rocket. It looked like Apple boarded Amazon's or the Blue Origin uh, rocket about a month early and took off. What do you think, Chris? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think Apple is kind of setting the course here. Um, it has been through the roof. Now, let me ask you something, Tom, because she just mentioned leaps. So if you are, if you are somebody who's looking to buy the leaps and we can, you and I, I think know the answer to this question, but if somebody's looking to buy the leaps, do they wait until after earnings next week to buy them? Um, Based on if the implies. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, if you're if you're going if your trade has nothing to do with earnings, uh, or you, you know, really if it's long term, if you're going to be sitting through three or four earnings cycles, you're not an earnings trader. Uh, you're looking more as an option investor. And um, you know, I, I don't want to try to predict where Apple's going to go. Um, I, but if we look at more of a prediction of what implied volatility, what option premiums go for. They're typically a lot cheaper after earnings than they are right before earnings. Yep. That uh, is definitely, uh, is, is, is factual by looking at its past history. Now, um, when it comes to losing money, Jerry put a comment out there. Um, yeah, that's. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Where did it go? Jerry, so I lost $2,000 in two years. It's only money. You know, I lost uh, this week. Um, I don't have all the, I don't have my sheets up in front of me, but I know I lost at least 10 grand on Boeing. You know, last week, I, was it last week I was preaching about that? I was, that I thought Boeing had made that low and yep. I was selling puts on Boeing. Well, yep. guess what? Monday came around and Boeing taught me a little lesson and it smacked me on the behind of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> trades. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah. So, oh no. Oh, yeah. No. So I had to do an oh no. And, and, and I, I, my stop got hit. So I got out. But Amazon do me good. <laughs> Amazon do me very good, man, because I did very much, much better on it. And, and that's the thing is that it's not about one trade. It's about a collection of strategies where you are objective about your trading. You're objective about your, your entries and exits. You're not subjective, all right? You know what subjective is? Subjective is emotional. Subjective is I'm buying it because I think it's going up. I'm Quite buying it because some yep. guy on social media is screaming to the hills to buy it. I'm buying it because, you know, um, I saw somebody on TV that that uh, said to buy it, even though uh, they don't own it, the family doesn't own it, the, the kids don't own it, the in-laws, their exes don't own it. And, you know, that whole barrage of uh, disclaimers come up. But I'm going to buy it anyway because he said so. Um, that's not objective trading. Objective trading is rules-based backtesting, and, and you do the homework for yourself, and you see, you know, you see what, uh, what, how many times is won, how many times is lost, and then of course you also know how much am I putting up, how much can I can I afford to lose on this trade? To me, that's what rules-based trading is, Chris. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I always rules-based trading for me always involves data, whether it's a price whether it's data backing up the reason I'm getting into the trade, it always 
includes data as one of the aspects. Because as they say, you can make data lie, but data itself doesn't lie. Yeah, and we have to, you, you, have to, um, you have to deal with losses. I can tell you what, the one guarantee I can tell you about being a trader is you're going to lose money. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, our, our, our objective is not to continually lose money, No, but you're going to lose money. All right. I, you know, my publisher is going to hate me when I say this, but, but, you know, uh, publishers, you know, I mean, they love to boast about your wins. I like my wins and I learn things about my wins, especially the ones that I follow to the letter. All right. But you know what? There is something to be said about learning from, from losers, from losers. I, I always, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Anybody that's ever listened to me has heard me say, losers are the tuition for better trading. So yeah. you, you, if you Great pay comment. tuition to go to school, to college, to whatever school it is, if you sit in class and don't listen and you don't get anything out of it, then that's your problem. You spent exactly. the money and wasted it. If you lost the money on a trade, if you lost $100, spend that $100 loss figuring out what went wrong write it on your piece of paper, record it someplace, do something, put it on a post-it note and make sure that the next time you get into a trade, you look at that and say, okay, I'm going to try not to do that this time. Eventually you nail it down and your tuition is paid for and you still have to pay tuition. You still have to sharpen the sword, but that's what we have to do. Yeah. Continuing and, uh, ed. Let's call them continuing ed. Thank you so much for the donation there, my man. And I, I want to mention that uh, this real quick, all of our donations for our channel go to charity. So, you know, donating our channel, you're not putting it in my pocket. Uh, you're putting it in the pocket of folks that need it. I don't need it. But thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. Uh, and uh, the charities that we donate money to uh, absolutely appreciate that as well. You know, um, I was just thinking about something, Chris, you know, the, the, um, uh, you know, we, we have our share of winners, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I love winners. Um, but you know what? I'm not in the business of trading to win. I'm in the business of trading to make money. And I got to tell you, I can't stand losers. I can't. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny because I'm down, you know, in that, that I showed that Coinbase account. I'm down over a million dollars in that account. I could care less. It's because, it's it's something I'm looking at three, five, ten years out. It's it's to me that is generational wealth. That's something that's different than my trading account. My trading account I look at every day, and right. I can't stand winners. And I, and the thing, you know what? I can't stand worse than winners. Or, or I'm sorry, losers. I said winners. I can't stand losers. The one thing I can't stand worse than losers is a loss. And then I didn't follow my rules and take that loss, and it got worse. Right. You know. Because the day I do that, then I'm getting, then I'm gonna have some uh, something that comes out that says, you know what, uh, Boeing? Hey, I took this trade and it had ninety percent chance of success. And yes, I can make a hundred or two hundred uh, you know, percent return. But if I don't follow my rules right, I could lose fifty. I could lose seventy five. I could lose a hundred percent of that trade. You know, I don't think the, that, I don't think the publishers would like. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. No, that but I mean, you know, one of those things that always rings through my head as a trader, as an investor, I hate losses. Everybody hates losses as a trader. I hate missing opportunities more than I hate losses. I Absolutely. hate opening Yeah. After I've looked at it for a week and said, man, I really should be jumping into this, man. I really should be jumping into this. And I didn't because I subjectively said, Maybe I don't want to do it. And then all of a sudden the stock or the option is goes through the roof. 
I will kick myself around my house for days on that one versus listening to it, being objective and taking a loss that I've planned on and saying, okay, now I move on to the next one. That's I'm my trader's mind. I'm going to show you two right now. I don't even know how they turned out, but I tried to get into these trades yesterday. Um, uh, let's, let me put the screen back up here real quick. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Come on screen. There we are. Uh, DR Horton. What is that? DHI? Yep. DHI. All right. So take a look at DR Horton because it did have earnings yesterday. And here's what happened. So yesterday, do I have the right date on? Yes, I do. Yesterday we closed at 91.47. All right. This thing dropped down and traded as low as 86. But look where we are right now. 90. I was trying to put on, and I've got it right here. I'm just going to, I'll tell you what I was trying to do. Let's see. What was I doing? I was doing an iron condor on this thing. Um, the 80. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I was selling the 86 halves. We got down to 86 half. I was buying the 85s for protection, but also on the upside, I was doing the 95, uh, 96 half to the upside. So what I was doing was an iron condor, which mm -hmm. would have worked out brilliantly today, but I couldn't get filled because I was being stingy on how much I was willing to take in on that trade. The other one I was trying to do was Blackstone, BX. Same situation. I look at Blackstone. Yesterday, Blackstone was here at 106. Today, it's trading at 110. I actually had... 10 points. I was I was looking at it 10 points up and 10 points down. Still, another trade where you look at Blackstone, that's up pretty good today. I mean, we're talking about that thing's up for four and a half points. Yep. But it was nowhere near what I was trying to sell because the volatility. Let me bring up that. A, there's the AV. The IV chart, uh, AV chart, IV chart <laughs> has dropped from 114 down to, I'm sorry, from the 30s down to the 20s, because now what the unknown is, is known. But, you know, you said it, Chris. You said the only thing you hate more than losers is not getting filled on trades, you know, or not getting hitting opportunities. And these opportunities were glaring me in the face. Yeah. Oh. But we get into opportunities, everyone. We get into opportunities, and some of them just don't work out. So what I have here, and I want to share this with everybody, is... Let's talk about, uh, let's, let me get it up there one more time. Um, how I deal with losses. Is it up there, Chris? There it is. Man, you know, th fourth time's a charm. So, you know what? These are some things that I look at and that I constantly, uh, you know, pin this on, up and look at it. I think I need to frame this next to the, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, uh, frame I got. Remain mentally and emotionally focused while trading. All right. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, keep your emotions in check. Remain mentally focused. Losses are a part of all systems. Knowing when to take them is important. So how, when do you take losses? For me, if it's an option, it's something I paid a good amount for. You know, let's say it's a $5 option. I'm going into earnings. That thing drops down and, is, and is, uh, goes from $5 to $250. I'm getting out. It's not coming back. That's a 50% stop loss. On the other side, if I'm selling something, if I'm selling, let's say, open-ended puts, a lot of times what I'll do is if I'm selling puts and I get $10 cr uh, credit for them, the only way I lose money is if that thing gets more expensive. And if it goes to 20, I'll do a one-to-one -to, -one to the upside too. So if it goes to 20, I'll buy back. A lot of cases I'll buy back and take my loss there. So keep in mind 
what your losses are and adhere to them. All right. So the other things I do is, you know, I'm extremely disciplined. You should be too. Exiting losing trades and, and, and you know, when you exit your losing trades, when your system tells you to, that's when you do it. Right. Not taking losses, extremely dangerous because especially look at what happened. There are going to be times in the future again that we're going to go through one of these COVID experiences with the markets where the markets drop one third of their value in a month. And by taking losses when they come in early, especially when you're seeing that that market as that, that bear took the elevator, you mm -hmm. hang back and wait and, and wait for your next entry point. And that's your system will tell you when your next entry point is. Every time I've ever ridden a loss uh, past my stop loss, most of the time it ends up being worse for me. Mm. So the other thing is, it's not a good idea to keep changing your stops around. You know, let's say that you have a five. Uh, you know, you, you let's say you're in. Um, let's talk about a stock for a moment. So if it's if it's X Y Z, it's at hundred. You got to stop at ninety. It comes down to ninety one. You go, oh, pull that back. I don't want to get hit. Eighty. Then it comes down below your original lot stop. And now it's gunning for your next one. They're never a good idea to ride those. Um, you know, uh, system traders, rules-based traders will use stops consistently. Separate yourself as a trader from yourself as a person. Yes. What you're doing is you're separating your emotions from what your decision-based trading can do. This that right side, left side brain uh, that, that fights with each other. All right. No system can trade the markets. Uh, all the time be winners without having a loss here and there. Got to realize that. Clumping is something that I call, you know, those times where you, you trade and you make money and you just can do no wrong. Remember, that can happen on the losing side, too. You can have a system or a group of strategies that clump losses just as easy as they clump winners. And then, you know what? Make your asset to trading one of your greatest assets, the ability to take losses. And Chris, anything you want to add? I want to add that you just nailed it on clumping and I'll give everybody a personal, I mean, I had, I think like a lot of people between November and February of this year, my systems got dialed in to the point where it was almost a disappointment if I didn't open up one of my trade managing programs and look and see just absolute green everywhere. And you get lured into this feeling of confidence and you, you start, you can start to relax yourself a little bit with that clumping when it goes the wrong way. And I think that is exactly what I just took from all of those. That's the biggest thing. You get overly confident and get your feet off of the ground a little bit. You start to feel a little more subjective. Like I can't go wrong regardless of what I do, wherever I, whatever I pick, it's going up, man. Those are the most dangerous times at that point. You should be backing away from trading and saying, Hey, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I just did so well over the last three months. I'm going to take a little vacation, a hiatus, and make sure I ground everything. So I think I would just say stay grounded. Stay grounded. Whether it's losses, you can go just as easily and get the mental. You get in your own head, and that's the worst thing you can do. And you mentioned that when you've got your tr your trading spaces, let's call them. Yeah. You've got if you get inside of your head because you're either winning too much or losing too much, at some point, it's okay as a trader to just say, hey, I'm going to sidebar myself. I'm going to put stops in. I'm going to put targets in, and I'm just going to let them go. 
I've had times when I go to 100% cash just because I need to recycle and take, get a good feel for the market again. Never be afraid to do that. Never be afraid to say, hey, I need to just reset myself here a yep. little bit. Paul yeah. says limit the clumps. Yeah, the clumping. <laughs> limit the you clumps. Just, you really hit me with the clumping because I had a six-month period where I could not do wrong. Um, and, of course, you do wrong right after that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you think you got this, you're better than the market. The market comes back and, and teaches you a lesson. Um, Grant's got a question here. Any suggested strategies for minimizing or counteracting losing naked puts without having to buy the underlying securities and expiration? You know, uh, I'm going to tell you what happened to me at AMC last week. So I, some of you guys remember a couple weeks ago, I jumped in the space race and I had a really nice, I had two really nice setups. Um, one was the space race with Virgin Galactic, and that fell down sharply, even more than I expected it to. But then the other one was I was putting on a butterfly trade with, um, uh, or was it a condor? Maybe it was a condor with AMC. It was a condor. And so AMC came down, and it went right through my selling put strike, but it also went right through my buying put strike, too. So that was that Lloyd's of London protection vehicle I had. So I think I was long the 40s and I was short. No, I was short the 40 puts and I was long the 35s. That thing okay. came down through 40, through 35. And if um, we can take a look at a chart on that real quick, and I'm going to bring that up right now. Let's, uh, let's flip back to the screen. Take a look at AMC. And I got to tell you, look at it. I mean, the, the 20th. Big, big move up. I mean, you know, but but we took this thing down from 48 all the way down to, well, it's below 32. I mean, if Sarah McLaughlin needs to sing a song. That's a song. She needs to oh, sing no. it to all the diamond hands that are holding this thing at in the 50s, 60s. Wasn't it $70 one time? And it came down. I mean, it lost half your diamond hands. Yeah. It went from two diamond hands to one. <laughs> and so, but big move back up on Tuesday. But here's what happened to me. All right. So uh, I liked it uh, hanging out here around 40, but then it dropped down. And on Friday or really, I mean, we, we were right here. This was here was Friday. We were down and we actually closed down below 35. So guess what happened to me? I ended up taking the stock. This is for you, Grant. I took the stock at 40, but I also had it sold at 35. So I took a five-point loss minus the credit I brought in. So it was only a few points to me. So one of the ways you can do it is by protecting yourself with a credit spread. The other thing you could do if you really like that, uh, that trade is when you get up to expiration. And I've done this before too. I roll that put out before, I get a, before the expiration date. And so let's say if I really like AMC, which I don't. But if I like AMC and I was long that thing, at, let's say I had 30, the uh, 40 puts and then we got down to 35 on Friday, I would buy back the 40s at, for, that were expiring that day and I would sell the 35, the new at the money puts a week or two weeks out yep. and try to really just try to extend that trade out a little longer. That's another way you could do it, too. All right. So um, great question uh, there from Grant. And um Got, uh, wow. Uh, so, I mean, culture, thank you so much. Uh, th appreciate your, uh, you know, coming on and, and telling us, Hey, you want to, if you want to help us out guys, if you, you like what it is you're learning here, then do me a quick favor for those of you that are here. And I see a lot of you here every week, show us some love thumbs up below, hit that like button for me right now. It helps support the channel and it helps me want to keep doing these things. Yeah. Um, if you're new, 
subscribe to the channel. We do uh, various videos each and every single week. Um, in fact, Mondays we do live, live stream videos where we're assessing the markets and we're looking at what's going on. And we're working right now with a list of stocks, a list of optional stocks. We call it our cheap bucket list and our expensive list. The cheapest options out there, the most expensive, we do that every single week too on the live stream. So, um, Chris, um, hey, what, what, what's been your biggest losing trade lately? Oh, biggest personally? Man. Not personally. The one that's eating into your, your account right now. You know what? It's not eating into my account because it's a situation similar to yours. I've got SunPower that I purchased and got out of in February. Yeah, that this is part of that I can't go wrong February trading. Got mm. out of it with the trailing stop and nailed the stock up around 49 or so, right as it was cresting there, and ended up buying it at 40 bucks. Had uh, sold some puts on it, and it also had some limit orders in. This is a long-term hold. As you know, the stock's now trading down to 24 bucks. So this thing's been cut in half, and I look at this and still say, hey, it's like your Ethereum and your Bitcoin. This is yeah. something that I look at. I, I rarely look at fundamentals. It's usually all technicals, and it's all what is happening on a relative strength basis. But in this particular case, as you know, I call this the new technology sector, the clean energy sector. So I'm willing to dollar cost average into these trades, which we don't talk too much about. But that's no. the simplest way I'm I'm working my way out of these is, you know what? I just dollar cost average if I know I'm going to hold it for four, five, six years. Dollar cost yeah. average. I bought shares at 20 bucks. So you know, I got a friend of mine who... Um, who uh, I saw lives in LA. He's moving actually. He's moving out of California, like so many other people I know. Yep. And moving to he's moving to Atlanta. And he tells me uh, he was telling me. I said, I said, do you know? Do you know people who are moving? And um, he's in the television business. He says absolutely. Right. He said, you know what the biggest reason is? It isn't the taxes. It's the fact that he goes, we can't. He goes, me and a lot of folks I know can't stand spending money on taxes, and yet right outside of our neighborhoods are these tent cities that just go on forever. And, yes. and he said, it's not the people. He goes, the people are, you know, they're there because of either mental illness or whatever. He goes, I don't blame them. I blame the state and local governments for doing nothing about it and kind of sweeping it under the rug like it's not a problem. But yeah. that's why he's moving. And he said, that's why a lot of other people are moving is that it taxes are not the, the, the main thing. It's the lack of what the taxes were being done to clean up the city and make it more, make it better for everybody, uh, whether you live in a home or whether you are homeless. And so anyway, the reason I brought him up is that he said, he goes, anything I can do with Nicola? <laughs> I said, Nicola, what are you doing holding on to that? And he goes, well, he goes, I, I got some more. And he said, I got it when it was up around 19. And I went, 19? 19? That's where, that's the, that was the high just like 30 days, 20 days ago. Yeah. And I said, 19 to 40. What do I do? And I go, well, ask yourself this question. Is this a trade you took or is this a long-term investment? Are you interested more in the technology that Nikola is bringing? Because if you're just trying to flip, you know, this is a trade you're trying to flip. I don't know. That might, I mean, there's yeah. ways of fixing trades, but it's hard to fix something that was even a lot higher than nineteen dollars. It's trading now as a low teenager stock. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, so, are you in it for the long term? And he goes, and he said, "Great question. 
I haven't asked that my, myself that yet. I'm going to do that on the flight back. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, he's got some thinking to do because that maybe erases the answer to that question erases either how he's going to handle the situation now. Well, it answers it. If he's in it for the short term, it's not the short term is done. You're yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're moving on to other pastures at that point. You're finding I, mean, I, I feel his pain. I was in workhorse and I also had a little bit of tie because it's a Cincinnati company. Yeah. Uh, and seeing them not get that postal contract, there was a part of me that had to say, hey, this is a one in zero situation. It changed the whole picture for the company. Now, I've since invested more in the company at lower prices than I sold out. And I'm doing okay on it. It's starting to claw yeah. its way back. But you nailed it. I mean, ask that question almost. It's why you mentioned your trading account and your investment account. I do the same thing. If it's in the trading account, I can go in there like the butcher in the morning that is just carving things up and make getting the good out and putting the, the scraps in the garbage can and saying, hey, you're out of here. I try to be that butcher that's going to use every bit of the uh, – whatever I'm butchering at that point. But nonetheless, yeah, you got to be able to have some sort of disconnect there where you can say, hey, this one, if it hits 20 or 30%, I'm out. I'm gone. Yep, yep, yep. I and don't know Chris, what I don't know. With that, that ends another session of our live cast we've been doing here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Guys, I want to thank uh, my co-host Chris Johnson for hanging out with me again here this week. Uh, once again, if you uh, want to help us out here on the channel, do me a favor, give us a thumbs up, show us some love, hit that like button below to help support the channel. If you're new, then subscribe. We do about two to three videos a week and we do them in a couple of different things. Um, I do live streams every Monday. We'll do a, a video either based on a stock screening, how to look at options a specific way or an option strategy, um, or we can even do something which is looking at the overall markets. And of course, I'm here live with Chris every week, and we do these Thursdays at 2. Thanks again for joining. Chris, awesome to have you here once again, buddy. Uh, it's great to be with you. I got to say hello to Elvis. Elvis hello. is in the building. Elvis is in the building. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great afternoon, buddy. I'll see you again real soon. Bye, everybody. Take care. Take care. Good trading.